Welcome to the Resurrection People podcast with Preston Sharp, pastor of Sacrament Church in Nashville, Tennessee, and curator of The Art of Preaching. Each week, we look at three readings from the Bible, drawn from the Revised Common Lectionary. Find more at theartofpreaching.substack.com. Welcome back to the Resurrection People podcast. Today, we are looking at our epistle reading for for the week, which comes from Philippians 4, 1 through 9. And right here in the middle of this letter, Paul pauses to address what seems to be a specific issue facing two women in the church. Their names are Eodia and Syntyche. And Paul pleads with them. He pleads with them to be of the same mind in the Lord. And he appeals to the recipient of the letter to encourage them as well. We're reminded here that these letters had an original intention and they were based on real everyday needs, conflicts, struggles. Paul says that there are two practices which are essential for Christians facing real challenges, right celebration and right thinking. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. We make the decision to celebrate the Lord. When we celebrate who God is, we are less prone to celebrate false things in our lives. And this makes sense because humans are wired to celebrate, to worship. And we will always find something to worship, always find something to celebrate. In our Old Testament reading, if you remember, God's people created a festival or a feast to the false god. They were looking for something to celebrate. Now, in Paul's day, anxiety was a normal part of life. And when Paul uses the word anxiety, I want to be clear about what he means here. Uh, Today, we have uh, physical and emotional uh, disorders that we refer to as anxiety. Here, we might think about Paul talking about it in terms of fear or everyday fear. So there's a distinction between the anxiety which Paul commands against and anxiety disorders. It's impossible to stop the physical feelings of anxiety, to just stop them like by choice. Paul is addressing fear, which comes from trusting in false things. And that fear was a normal part of life. But what would happen is that fear was often numbed by the constant celebrations to pagan gods. It was still there, running in the background. Why? Because these gods couldn't be trusted. They were hollow. They didn't do what they promised they would do. When Christians celebrate or rejoice in the one true God, we find true hope in the midst of our fear because we know that God hears our prayers. Now today, when we hear rejoice in the Lord, we tend to think about how these passages affect us individually. So we often think of rejoicing as a kind of like inner feeling or disposition, something that wells up and bursts forth from us. But in Paul's world, to rejoice was very specific. It meant to publicly celebrate. It was an action, and it had little or nothing to do with feelings. The original context is Paul is speaking to the church, perhaps even in a worship context, the Eucharist, communion. The church is being told, do that, publicly celebrate the Lord. Notice the Bible never commands us to feel certain things. (laughs) Feelings are important. The Bible gives space and room for expressing and affirming feelings. But we're never commanded to feel something. Why? Well, feelings change. They are often fleeting. 
we're in a little bit of dangerous territory here. I come from a family of therapists, and I want to affirm over and over again that feelings are important. They matter. Feelings are like thermometers telling us what's going on inside of us. Paul is not cold towards feelings. We have a trope in our society today that you may hear a lot that I think is really harmful, and it's the statement, facts don't care about your feelings. But we all know that, you know, so so it's not that harmful trope. That is unhelpful. Feelings matter. They're important. But really what this is getting at is we all know that feelings, our feelings in the given moment, tell us part of the story, but they don't tell us the whole story. There are times when we are called to publicly celebrate or rejoice in the Lord in the midst of all kinds of feelings, sometimes competing feelings. The command to rejoice is conditioned by verse 5. So it's basically saying Christians are to be characterized as gentle and gracious people. So this doesn't mean that we're to be overly exuberant or that this is an extroverted thing when we say rejoicing. No, rejoicing is that celebration that Christians do. Historically, the church has observed rhythms of celebration. So every Sunday really is a celebration. As we come to the Lord's table, as we gather together for worship, that is a feast. It's a celebration. And then there's other intentionally named feasts or parties in church in the church calendar. They're not feasts that we just throw by happenstance because we feel like it, even though spontaneous feasts can be wonderful. But there are moments in the church calendar where we intentionally feast. We celebrate what God has done. Sometimes they're major principal feasts like Easter and the day of Pentecost, and Christmas Day. But we have other feasts that commemorate specific people in church history. These are scheduled. They're intentional celebration. We don't do them just because we feel like doing them. We do them intentionally. We're a people of celebration, a regularly remembering people who look back on God's faithfulness. And we can do this in the midst of whatever circumstances we face. When we choose to celebrate, to rejoice, we're not ignoring the pain of the world. We're also acknowledging, though, that a new and different world has broken through in Jesus Christ, and this changes things. It gives us hope for a day in the future of true justice, love, and healing. The source of the Philippian church's joy is to be participation in God's unfolding story of redemption. Paul noted in the previous chapter that such participation includes suffering. The Philippians are not only called to believe in Christ, but also to have the privilege of suffering for him. Joy comes from abiding with God no matter what. Rejoicing is a daily practice of trust. This causes us to remember what God has done for us, to keep our affections fixed on him. This is our best guard against counterfeits and idolatry. When we recognize that joy is not a feeling, rejoicing is not a feeling, not dependent on our feelings, we can begin to cultivate habits of celebration. Paul then says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This doesn't mean that we will always feel peace, 
but that there is a deeper thing which guides us other than the topsy-turvy moments of every day. This peace that passes all understanding is not a magic bullet. It's not a pill that we take or an experience that we have. It's cultivated. This peace is cultivated by regular practices of celebration, prayer, and thanksgiving. The other practice that's really important for Paul is guarding our thinking. We're called to focus our attention on that which is true, honorable, just, pure, pleasing, commendable, excellent, and worthy of praise. It is on these things that Paul says Christians need to think. The Christian is, quote, to keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. In other words, the keep on here is important. It's not merely a one-time decision. It's a discipline. Rejoicing and thinking on good things These are daily practices of trust. They cause us to remember what God has done and to keep our affections fixed on him. This is the best guard against counterfeits, which are hollow. Thanks for listening to the Resurrection People podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review to help us get the word out. You can hear full sermons at sacramentchurch.com and find out more at theartofpreaching.substack.com.